He sees us through. Amen. Well, Galatians chapter 5 is where we're going to go and just have a little bit of humor for you. So there was a flight going from Miami to Chicago, and there was this lively little youngster who was driving everybody crazy, running up and down the aisles, just being a brat. And this flight attendant was serving coffee, this little lively youngster ran right into her, knocked the coffee out of her hand, knocked it onto the floor. And, you know, she knelt down to clean it up. And as he stood by watching her clean up the mess, she glanced up at the boy and said, look, why don't you go outside and play for a while? Anybody ever felt that way? <laughs> Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. I'm going to read from the ESV version. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. The desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. Verse 18, but if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. This is our third week that we're going to talk about why walk in the Spirit. I can't get away from it. And so I hope that you will just, for the next few minutes, give the Lord your heart and mind. Amen? Amen. To receive His Word. Let's pray together. Father, we are here now and help us to be here, not just in body, but in mind and spirit, so that we can receive, Lord, from your word. I pray that this would, Lord, educate, instruct, uplift, and encourage the people of the Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, and everybody say amen. amen. God bless you. You can be seated. As we look at our text, our text in Galatians chapter 5, the Apostle Paul is writing this and he acknowledges that there is opposition between the flesh and the spirit. Now, when Paul talks about the flesh, I just want those of you that are fairly new, maybe you don't have just a strong background in church. I want to explain what Paul is talking about when he says the flesh. When Paul talks about the flesh, he is not actually talking about our skin, okay? He's not talking about this skin that we call flesh. Paul is referring to our fallen human nature. He is talking about our, our sinful nature. Because when we are left to ourselves, our flesh gravitates toward sin, right? So we don't have to teach a two-year-old how to lie. They come into the world knowing how to do that. We don't have to teach a two-year-old how to be selfish. Their three favorite words are mama, daddy, mine. Correct? We don't have to teach them how to be selfish. They come. It's innate within all of us. Why? Because that is part of our flesh as known as the fallen human nature. Now, our flesh, our flesh, our, our, our fleshly nature is a lot like a pig that loves to roll in the mud. 
the nature of a pig, it likes the mud. I've told you all before, I helped to raise a pig. Its name was Rooter Tooter. And I would go over and I would feed Rooter Tooter. And it loved slop. It didn't need a neat pen to enjoy itself. It loved rooting around in the mud. I would throw this big bowl of leftover food on its head. And it didn't mind. It just let it drain off of its nasty head, went into the mud, and then ate it. Nasty. That is the nature of a pig. It loves the mud. It loves getting rooted and in the mud and getting mud on its, on its hide and then laying out in the sun and let it drying on itself. That's the nature of a pig. The nature of a sheep is much different. Sheep don't do good in the mud. If a sheep stays in the mud, it eventually will get bacteria in its, in its flesh and that bacteria will begin to hurt that lamb because that lamb was not made for the mud. Its nature doesn't belong in the mud. And here's the point that I want to make to all of us this morning. Our fleshly, human, fallen nature loves to take you to the pen. That's where it wants you. It wants you to be in the mud. But the nature of a sheep doesn't like the mud. The spirit doesn't like the mud. The spirit wants you to soar. The spirit has designed you for increase. The enemy wants to take you to the pen to decrease you through your flesh, your fallen nature. But why does God want you walking in the spirit? Because mud don't look good on you. How many families get dressed, get their best clothes on to go take a family portrait and then finish it up before they take the photo and put mud on themselves? We don't do that. And your heavenly father does not like mud on you. It don't look good on you. I'm going to tell you, if you've been around a friend and they were drunk, it's not pretty if they're really drunk. It's not pretty. To see a friend of yours being do, doing things that, you know, the flesh would gravitate to, sometimes it can be really ugly. And that's what the enemy wants. He wants you in the mud, ladies and gentlemen. He wants you in the pig pen. But the Spirit wants you to be clean. It wants you to be able to soar. It wants you to be free from what is called the law of sin and death. Can I get a witness? Now, if we want to all this year turn over a new leaf, we can turn over a new leaf. That's real. That's fairly easy. Read some good books. Create some new habits. Go to the gym. Decide you're going to muster up all of your willpower and you're going to do some things different. And there's nothing, nothing wrong with any of that. You want to turn over a new leaf? That's all right. But if you want a new life, that only comes through the work of the Spirit. 
Just like a pig cannot change its nature, neither can we change our own fallen human nature without the work of the Holy Spirit. And just as the toaster does not work if it's not plugged in, you and I can never get through this life if we are not plugged in to the power of the Holy Spirit. It is incapable. We are incapable, brothers and sisters, of changing. The, the scripture asks this question. Can a leper change its own spot? It's a rhetorical question. Because the answer is no. And neither can we change our human fallen nature by just turning over a new leaf. We must have the power of the Holy Spirit or we'll stay in a pig pen and we'll wallow in the mud. And the enemy will steal from us, destroy from us, and take from us the things that God wants for his people. Talking about walking in the Spirit. Why does the Spirit encourage us not to walk in the flesh? Because brothers and sisters, if you sin one time, you sin one time, right? You're, you're gonna, you're gonna probably be able to recover. But sin never leaves you where it finds you. It always takes you further than what you want to go and keeps you longer than what you want to stay. And if you eventually just keep at it, sin will bring you under the curse of poverty. It will bring you under the curse of addictions. It will bring you under the curse of corruption because the enemy's good pleasure is to keep you under the mud, keep you in the pen. It don't want you clean. It don't want you increasing. It don't want your family coming together. It don't want you being blessed as you come in and blessed as you go out. Do I have a witness here this morning? I'm talking about why do we need to walk in the spirit. See, as Christians, none of us, myself included, none of us will ever live the abundant life wallowing in the mud. That's right. None of us are ever going to live our best life now wallowing in the mud. I'm not going to stand up here and tell you that the Christian life is always a bed of roses, that it's always easy. But I am going to tell you this, your worst day living for God will be better than your best day living out there. Come on, somebody. Because I'm going to tell you something. The world really don't care. The world doesn't care. But if the church is being what it should be, we are to come alongside one another and to help bear one another's burdens and to help lift one another up. That is what the Spirit's job is to do. The Spirit is living on the inside of you to help you when you cannot help yourself, to be your wisdom when you don't know the decision to make. That's why you say, God, I don't know how to solve this problem, but you are my wisdom, so give me right now wisdom. Give me understanding. Give me knowledge. Give me revelation. That is the work of the Spirit. See, Jesus did not just come down, brothers and sisters, to save us from sin. I'm going to say this again. Saving us from sin is a wonderful thing. But He did more than come down to save us from sin. He came to save us from ourselves. 
Yes, you and I need saving from ourselves, for we have found the enemy, and the enemy is us. And if we are left to our own human nature, we go right back like a pig goes to slop. We go back to the mud and we go back to the beggarly elements. And I just want to preach to some sweet soul here this morning. The mud does not look good on you. You are a son. You are a king. You are a priest. You are a people chosen by God. A royal priesthood. A holy nation and the mud doesn't look good on you that's why he wants you to walk in the spirit because if we are not saved from ourselves, brothers and sisters then we waste our lives in the pen of sin and in the den of selfishness can i get a witness selfishness causes us to waste our life As your pastor who loves you very much, please listen. Selfishness is the devil's playground. Selfishness will cause you to destroy relationships. Relationships will be destroyed because of selfishness. Lives are destroyed because of selfishness. Sin not only hurts you, it hurts those around you. Can I get a witness? Because selfishness keeps our focus on more, more. And the culture of the world says you're valuable if you own this. You're valuable if you drive this. You're valuable if you wear this. You're valuable if you live here. And you're valuable based off of your net worth. I'm going to tell you, you are not valuable to God whether you have a dollar or a million dollars. You are valuable to God because you are created in his image and because you will spend eternity somewhere and he thought that you were so valuable that he was willing to give his life so he could raise you up out of the mud, out of sin, out of being dictated by the flesh how you're going to live so that you could get the spirit hallelujah inside of you so that you could soar he wants you to mount up with wings like eagles walking in the spirit is what I'm talking about this morning see it's it's very important that we understand that all temptation is rooted in selfishness all temptation is rooted in selfishness are you with me In fact, selfishness is really where Satan robs us. The enemy deceives all of us based out of our own selfish desires. The Bible tells us what they are on the screen. 1 John 2 and 16. For that is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. It is not of your father It is of the world. Why? Because those three things take you back to the mud. I need this woman and I need that man and I need more muscles and I need more curves and I need this car and I need this bag and I need this clothes. And we all need cars and clothes and handbags and places to live. We all do. But when our focus becomes on not being content with where we are and we're always needing more, then now what we're doing is we're seeking self and we're not seeking first 
first the kingdom. And God says, I am your father and I know what you have need of. And if you'll get your order right, I'll bless your life. But I can't bless you when you're out of order. And first of all, it is seek first the kingdom. Make sure that my spirit is where it needs to be. And then I know what you have need of. I'm talking about walking in the spirit. Can we get honest this morning? Okay. We're not trying to impress anybody here, right? We're living life. I want to get honest with you today. I want to come alongside of you. How many of you have ever felt like, oh my God, here I go again. Okay, for the rest of you, I'd like for you to get honest. How many of you have ever felt like, oh my God, here I go again. And that can be the whole gamut, right? Let's just get honest. God's never saved a perfect person. So we're all flawed somewhere. What your weakness may not be mine, what is mine may not be yours, but trust me, if you're walking in the flesh, you have weaknesses. It's called iniquities that were handed down from your father to the third and fourth generation. And now we're like, here we go again. Now my flesh, man, I had a great time. I'm going to just be transparent with you. I've had some wonderful moves of the spirit on Sunday. And the devil slapped me upside my head on Monday. I've had wonderful moves where I literally would speak with tongues. But then come Tuesday, the enemy come knocking on my door. Why? Because he wants you in the mud. Because when you're soaring in the spirit, you are a weapon for for good. You, you are a force for good. You are helping change people and lives and situations. You are stepping into some things in the spirit and seeing them change. So yes, he wants you in the mud. And it's like, here I go again. You know, not, not necessarily me, but I'm just referring to all of us. Needing a drink. Watching things that are unhealthy. Here I go again, slipping back into depression. And yet, I know I should have the joy of the Lord. Come on, y'all. I need honest folk here this morning. Here I go again, feeling myself sinking down into this pen. And yet, God wants me to soar. What is up with me? And, 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 and Paul is saying, I'm going to tell you what is up. If you were not saved, you would not feel this opposition. People can do out in the world whatever they want to do and they don't feel bad about it. But because you have a new nature in you now, because there is a spirit nature in you that says, you know what? That nature is more like a lamb than it is a pig. And mud don't belong on you. And you know it in your spirit. I don't belong here. I don't belong. It, it took a while. But that prodigal said, you know what? I don't belong here. I'll go back to the father's house, but I don't belong there. I don't know who I'm preaching to this morning, but I'm telling you, some of you got mud on you and it don't belong on you. You don't belong where you are. God wants to do something in your life. He wants you to be a force for good. He wants you to walk into situations and change it through your prayers. Change it through the work of the Spirit. Can I get a witness? Talking about walking in the Spirit. 
But you can't walk in the Spirit when you're keeping your eyes on the things of this world. That's right. Good work. See, this is what James 1 and 14 says. But every man is tempted when he's drawn away by his own, his own lust and is enticed. As Christians walking in the flesh means we walk right back to the pen. And here we go again. Here we go. And then we go back to buying things that we can't afford. And we go back to eating food that we don't even need and we're not really hungry. But it brings us comfort. And so we go back to the table again. Or we go back to that nicotine. Or we go back to that alcohol. Or we go back to that porn. Or we go back to that gambling table. Or whatever it is, brothers and sisters. That is your particular weakness. But listen, the Lord said, I didn't come so you could just have sin management. I've come so you can have life transformation because the mud don't look good on you. I designed you for more than walking in a vicious cycle. Does that make sense? So, first of all, the only thing that can change us Is the Holy Spirit. Amen. I, I don't come up here to shove something down your throat. That is not what I am to do. My assignment as pastor is to lead you and to preach to you the truth in love. But I want to tell all of us precious people that you can't live this without the baptism. Of the Holy Spirit. Except we are born again of the water and of the Spirit. We can't enter the kingdom. Why? Because trying to enter the kingdom is like a pig trying to get into the presence of God. It's dirty. Light can't dwell with darkness. If one sin got into heaven, it would contaminate all of it. I am not saying, brothers and sisters, that God doesn't understand our weaknesses. I am not saying that God knows that we're not going to fall. We, we are because we're flesh, but we don't have to live that lifestyle. Because one of the most miserable persons in here is somebody that's trying to do the world thing Monday through Saturday and the God thing on Sunday. It, you're, you're miserable. You're miserable. Because that's not how God wants it. God wants you walking in the Spirit. Because I don't know. I don't know, Nathan, who I'm going to meet tomorrow. And I don't need to get ready. I need to be ready. Because if I'm ready and I walk into a need, God may give me a word for that person. And that word may be exactly what they need to lift them out of the funk that they are in. And say, you know what? I think I can make it. God must really know me. He must really care because pastor gave me a word that nobody knew. But guess what? It's not limited to pastor. It's not limited to pastor. You have the gifts and the abilities to do it on the inside of you. It's there. Shout, it's there. It's there. It's there. See? So, now I'm going to get real practical for the next few minutes. Okay. I bought into everything you said, pastor. Let's walk in the spirit. How do I do that? How do I walk in the Spirit? Well, first of all, you got to set your mind on Him. That's right, good work. And get your mind off of yourself. That's right. 
Don't seek self. Seek first the kingdom. And then you got to ask yourself, what do I want? Do y'all have a few minutes for me? One of the greatest exercises that you can do is to see yourself, is to see yourself at 85 years of age. Look all the way at the end of your life. And what does that look like? Say, how, how is that a great exercise? Because of this. At 85 years of age, I see me and Janet. I see us. I see it in my mind. We're sitting on the back porch at Lake Conroe. We're holding hands. Our kids love us. Our grandkids come up and call me Papa and kissing me on the cheek. I've been faithful to Janet. We have enough finances to be able to take care of our needs and to bless our family and to bless others. And we're walking in love. And people are coming to us after 40 years of ministry. And we are sharing wisdom and experiences with them. That's what I see in my mind. You say, why is that powerful? Because it is powerful. When you know what you want, then you know what you got to do to get it. And so I got if I want that type of relationship, then I got to walk in the spirit tomorrow. And then I got to be loving my wife on Tuesday. And I got to keep doing the little things day after day and month after month and year after year that takes me to what I see in my mind. What are you saying, pastor? I'm saying you got to set your mind on what you want. You have to decide. You say, does God decide that for me? Some of it he may, but most of it he don't. You decide what do you want. God doesn't come down here and make you do anything. He said, when you do it, I'll enable you. I will help you. My spirit will be with you. But what do you want? You have, here's what Paul said in Romans. You got to set your mind. What does that mean? It means just what it says. My mind is set. By the help and grace of God, I'm going to make heaven. Come on, somebody. By the help and grace of God, I'm going to stay faithful to Janet and our kids and to this church. That makes sense? You got to set your mind. What do I want? I want great relationships. What do I want in my life? I want love, joy, and peace. What do I want in my life? I want freedom from sin and addictions. What do I want in my life? I want to produce the fruit of the Spirit. What do I want in my life? Whatever gifts are in me, I want to give it away. That's what I want. And then I have to understand, I got to be intentional about what I set my mind on. Who controls your thoughts? I do not have dementia, thank the Lord, but I do repeat myself because you need to hear it more than once. Who controls your thoughts? Who controls your thoughts? Because whoever controls your thoughts, if it's the flesh, then guess what? It's going to be like a moth to a flame. You're going right back to the mud. But if it's the Spirit, then you're going to keep your mind on the things of the Spirit. And you say, oh, it's so hard for me to keep my mind on the things of the Spirit. Do you worry? How many of you have ever worried? I'm going to repeat myself. How many of you have ever worried? If you have worried, you've just meditated. If you've worried, you've just meditated. Because worry is meditating on the wrong things. 
Now, if you can meditate on the wrong things, then that means you can meditate on the right things. But you can't meditate on this word if you're not putting the word in you. You can't give what you don't have. This is why I'm telling you again in all love and kindness, you got to get your face out of Facebook and get your face in this book. Because this book is what helps you to live in the spirit. And when the enemy comes in and says, you know what? You need more. You quote the scripture. Guess what? I'm going to be content with such things as I have. I'm not going to walk in always needing more. I'm not going to allow the world's culture to dictate who I am. Come on, somebody. How do I walk in the spirit? I set my mind on what I want. Then I decide who's going to control my thoughts. Why? Because as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Are you still with me? Okay. Now, here's the next key. Okay. Look at this verse, 2 Timothy 1 and 6. 1 and 6. Brother Carlton, would you help me, please? Look up on the screen. Wherefore, I put these in remembrance that thou stir up the gifts which is, say it's in me. Come on, talk to me. Say it's in me. It's in me. I asked Sister Janet yesterday. I said, Janet, sweet pea, when you make good gumbo and you put everything in that gumbo, shrimp, boiled eggs, chicken, sausage, all the good stuff, crawfish, whatever. I said, tell me how long do you think it takes before all of that good stuff settles on the bottom? She said, Wayne, after you serve crawfish and it's just on the pot, in the pot, on the stove, she said, I, I, I would think 15 minutes. Things start settling down to the bottom. Jason, you fix gumbo. What's your thoughts? 15, 30 minutes? Probably start settling. All the good stuff starts settling. See, it's not that you don't have good stuff in you. But here is the key. You got to keep it stirred up. He didn't say God's going to keep it stirred up. Didn't say Sister June's going to keep it stirred up. Didn't say Pastor's going to keep it stirred up. It goes back to what I what do I want? If I want the work of the Spirit, then guess what? I got to keep it stirred up because the good stuff is already in there. You already have everything you need. You got it at birth, and then when you got reborn, He put the gifts of the Spirit in you. It's already there. You say, I don't feel it. It doesn't matter that you don't feel it. The Bible, the Word says that He's given to every man as He wills the gift. And it's in there and you got to keep it stirred up. Why? Because I want to walk in the Spirit. How? How can I walk in the Spirit? When I pray. When I persevere in prayer. I'm walking in the Spirit. When I'm reading the Word, it helps me to walk in the Spirit. Walking is not a one-time event. Walking is a process. You keep walking. Some of you sweet people, I love you to pieces. You're the greatest people on the earth. But listen to me. When you got the Holy Spirit, you did not get a diploma. You got a birth certificate. It doesn't mean when you got the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I have arrived. No, you haven't. You just got started. 
started. Now you start your race and you just keep walking. I'm going to stay in the word. I'm going to keep my mind on God. My mind is set. It's set of what I want and where I'm going. And then I'm going to keep it stirred up. Have I lost you? Prayer is the key to walking in the spirit. Worship is the key to walking in the spirit. I'm picking on Tony. I picked on him last week. Me and Tony, neither one of us have got great voices, but we make a joyful noise. We're prison singers. We're always behind a few bars and off a few keys. But that's all right. God loves it. Right? Because worship is what helps us to keep living in the Spirit. It lifts our minds off of our problems and it gets our mind upon God. And then we start entering into the presence of the Lord. And then when you start feeling, the Bible says, in the presence of the Lord, there is fullness of joy. The reason why some of you don't have joy is because you're waiting on Kaylee to bring you into the presence of God. Hey, thank God for Kaylee and the band, but guess what? You can usher yourself into the presence of God, singing hymns and spiritual songs, making melody in your heart toward the Lord. Come on, somebody. Singing is a key. Now, I, I need to finish up, but let's go deeper. Are you ready? Okay. The Spirit of God was not only given to save you, it was not only given to save you from yourself, but it was also given for the good of others. Okay. I'm, I'm going to talk again about walking in the Spirit next week. I've already started working on it. But... Let me just say this, okay? Here's how it's supposed to go. Are y'all with me? Amen. Here's how it's supposed to go. When the Lord saves you, He saves you. Then He comes and starts saving you from yourself. Then as you mature, catch this, anything that matures reproduces. Anything that is mature reproduces. The fruit tree does not bear fruit for itself. And it doesn't bear fruit the first year. Why? Because it's not mature. But you give it some time, it's going to mature, and it's going to start bearing fruit. But the tree does not eat its own fruit. And if the fruit stays on the tree too long, it rots. Are you with me? So as you mature, God wants you to start developing and producing the fruit of the Spirit. Which is what? Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, self-control. Those are the fruit of the Spirit. Now, take this next step. you got to stay with me. Okay? So it's, it's, a, it's, it's a graduation process. Saving me from my sin. Saving me from myself. Getting mature. Producing fruit. Now check this out. Now... I'm really starting to walk like Christ did when I understand the gifts are not for me, they are for others. Hey, again, I'm repeating myself, but you need to hear it. You are carrying someone's miracle on the inside of you. And for the first 30 years, Jesus did not perform one miracle. But here's what the scripture says. When he came out of the wilderness, what did he come in? He came and he was endued with power from on high. And he began to perform miracles. And out of the 37 miracles he performed, only one was done at church. 
And we try to pack all of our religion into one hour. When you're walking in the spirit, you're being sensitive at Brookshire's. You're being sensitive at the post office. You're being sensitive on your job. You're being sensitive at school. You're being sensitive at college. Why? Because you're walking in the spirit. Why? Because a mature Christian understands I've got gifts and they're not for me. They're for you. Do you understand the love that I have is not for me. The love that I have is for you. And the love that you have is for me and for others. It is. And the gifts that you have. The gifts that you have. It's not for you. It's going to bless you. But it's not necessarily for you. It's for others. See, Jesus, the Bible says, went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Why? Because he was carrying other people's miracle. Now, you got to get this. If you haven't woke up, you need to wake up right now. If you don't understand your importance and how valuable you are, you will dismiss yourself and say, I'm not important. And it doesn't matter if I show up to church or don't. It doesn't matter if I'm faithful or not. Nobody's going to miss me anyway. And what happens is, is when you do not get the revelation that you are a son, you will dismiss yourself as not valuable. Nobody cares anyway. It doesn't matter if I show up. And let me ask you this question. When your mama who loves you, she passes away, she is a gift. And when she passes away, that gift is gone. And nobody can hug you and love you like your mother. And you will forever miss her. Why? Because the gift is gone. What's your point? I am saying this. When you do not give your gift away, something is missing and someone is going to miss out on a blessing. And you are going to say, I'm not valuable. I'm not important. And somebody's going to walk away and they're going to miss what they should have gotten. Because the enemies got you looking at the pig pen instead of understanding he wants you to soar. He's got you thinking you're nothing and you're nobody. And God is saying, how can you be a nobody when you're my son? How can you be a nothing when I claimed you as a king and a priest? And I brought you out of darkness and into my marvelous light. And I gave you these gifts. And they're not for you, they're for others. Come on. Amen. Let's stand together. I want to ask you a question. How many of you have kids? How many of you have pets? How many of you have ever been sick and you still took care of your kids? How many of you have ever been sick and still took care of your pets? You know why you did it? Because you cared. I've seen Janet fix meals for us when she didn't feel good herself. You know why? Because she cared. See, when you're walking in the Spirit, you're not just thinking about yourself. Because now what has happened, you have gotten to a place of maturity. Listen. Jesus said, guess what, guys? I didn't come for you to minister to me. I come to minister to you. Right? When you get to that level that you walk into a room 
and you're no longer worried about how you look, you're walking into a room. Listen, I'm not trying to pat myself on the back, but I want to explain something real quick. I've walked by someone, Sister Gwen, and picked up on they're full of sadness and sorrow. Just picked up on it. Knew it. Knew it without a doubt. I've walked by people and like, they need, they need direction. I, I, I just, I feel it. They need direction. And there's been times, Cody, that literally I'd say, you know, I, I may be wrong, but I just really feel that the Lord wants to give you direction. Oh, start crying. Oh my Lord, I need it so bad. You know what that is? That's not me doing this. That's me trying to walk in the Spirit. That's me trying to keep this good stuff stirred up so that I can be a blessing to someone else. Why? Because a gift is not a blessing until it's given. It doesn't matter how long you keep that gift under the tree. The tree, your Christmas tree, don't need the gift. It needs to be given in order to be a blessing. That's why God gave you gifts. So that you would not think yourself as nothing, as unimportant. As I don't have anything to give. Yes, you do. But you don't have to wait to pack it all in in one hour on a Sunday. Walk in the Spirit. Church, we don't need to put the Holy Spirit in the back room and be afraid of it. We can do everything decently and in order. But you know what? We need God to do for us what we cannot do for ourselves. We need a move of the Holy Spirit every time we come to the house of God. Can I get a witness in this house? Come on, somebody shout to the Lord right now. Come on, somebody give some praise to God right now. Steve Bro sent this to me. I look at it every now and then. Thank you, Steve. He said this. To the world, you may be one person. But to one person, you may be the world. Oh, that's powerful. But if you keep looking at yourself as nothing, then guess what? Somebody is going to miss out on a blessing. Because you're not walking in the Spirit and you're too focused on yourself. You're too busy trying to reach for your own kingdom instead of reaching for His kingdom. Y'all feel the Holy Spirit in this room? What do you want, Pastor? I'll tell you what I want. I want a good presentation to where you bring your friends and you're not embarrassed, but I don't want just a good presentation. I want the power of God. And yes, we need systems to be able to facilitate people and to be able to get people involved. But I don't want just systems. I want spirit. That's right. Amen. Yes, we need the truth. And we've been talking about we got the truth. We got the truth. And we do need the truth because the truth sets you free. But I also want grace. That's right. Amen. How many of you are going to go to the airport? They come over the intercom and say, we're running a special today. For 88 bucks, you can fly anywhere in the world. But here's the catch. The plane's only got one wing. 
How many of you going to take that $88 anywhere in the world? It's doubtful. You know why? Because you want both. As your pastor who loves you very much, I want presentation and I want power. I want grace and I want truth. I want spirit and I want systems. I want to walk in the spirit and I want this church to walk in the spirit. And it's not just a Sunday only at 10 o'clock. Walking in the spirit. Not thinking of myself. Pastor, what if I take this gift and I miss it? You know what? You're not going to be the first and you're not going to be the last. But when the guy goes up there to hit the ball in a professional baseball team, they don't kick him off the team because he strikes out. You get back up and say, I'm going to do better next time. Lord, help me to be more sensitive. I'm hurrying. You know what you were called and I were called to do? We were called to literally touch humanity at its lowest point and lift them up. Who better to reach an alcoholic than some of you that used to be alcoholics? Who better to reach a dopehead than some of you that used to do that sort of stuff? Come on, somebody. We got something to give away. We've got something to give away. Yes, we do. I want to challenge this church. Let's walk in the Spirit. Let's don't live in the mud, wallow in the flesh and self-pity. Let's get up. Let's soar this year. Let's see a harvest. Let's love people regardless of their age, their color, their skin, their background, or where they come from. Lift them up. We're all facing enough hell. We don't need to come to church and feel a little bit more of it. We need to feel a little touch of heaven. We need to be encouraging one another, building up one another, sharing our gifts with one another. Would you join with me? I'm challenging this church. Let's walk in the Spirit. We got a job to do. We got people to reach. Can you imagine what this church would be like if we walked in the Spirit? Can you imagine how we would impact this community if we walked in the Spirit? Would you join with me now? If you're a believer, would you lift up your hands and come on and let's talk to the Lord right now all over this house and let's ask the Lord to help us. Father, we can't do this without you. Come on, you that are watching online, This is not just for TPC. This is for every believer. Walk in the Spirit so that you will not fulfill the lust of your flesh. How many feel heaven in this house right now? Thank you, Jesus. Walking in the Spirit is more than speaking with tongues for eight hours a day. Walking in the Spirit is just keeping your mind on the things of the Lord. God, here's my prayer all the time. Put me at the right place, Lord, at the right time. Help me to meet the right people. And when I do, give me the right words to say. I wonder, I wonder, is there anyone here You're feeling the tug of the Spirit. 
if you are, I just want you to step out from where you are. I want you to just, as a step, as a step, it's just a step of saying, Lord, if you're, help me, I'm, I'm going to, whatever I've got, I'm going to give it away. Whatever, whatever is in me, I'm going to give it away. From the front to the back. I understand COVID. I understand your level of comfort. Whatever your level of comfort is, operate in that level. Sister Kaylee's going to sing, and we're, we're going to give us a minute here to let what, what we heard go from our head to our heart. It's got to be more than a sermon. Come a lifestyle walking in the spirit Thank you, Jesus. If you got to go, I understand. But I told you. I'm not, I'm not just worried about getting you out at 1115 anymore.
God is using me today to try to stir. Come on. Come on, TPC. We got more to do. There's people we got to reach. There's lives we got to change. We got to get out of some of this mud, some of this vicious cycle. You got to be the one that's going to break the chain so that your family is not under that curse. You got to be the one that's going to say, you know what? All of the divorce is going to stop with me by the help and grace of God. All of the poverty is going to stop with me by the help and grace of God. The vicious cycles that my family has been in is going to stop with me by the help and grace of God. Because I'm going to walk in the Spirit. I'm going to walk in the Spirit. I'm not going to count myself as nothing. I'm going to realize i got gifts in me. Not a blessing until I give it away. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I know we have to be really careful with all the COVID mess we got going on. But you know, if you feel, if you feel up to it, I just think it would be good for you just to lay your hand on your neighbor. And I just want whatever you want God to do for you, I want you to pray it right now for that neighbor who's hand that you place upon your shoulder. Something's got to happen among us. We can't have cute church. We need more than cute church.
attentive today.